Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will proclaim your, your praise. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. O God, be gracious and bless us, and let your face shed its light upon us. So will your ways be known upon earth, and all nations learn your saving help. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and exult, for you rule the world with justice. With fairness you rule the peoples. You guide the nations on earth. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its fruit, for God, our God, has blessed us. May God still give us his blessing till the ends of the earth revere him. Come, let us sing joyful songs to the Lord. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart. How good God is to Israel, to those who are pure of heart. Yet my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was filled with the envy of the proud when I saw how the wicked prosper. For them there are no pains, their bodies are sound and sleek. They have no share in men's sorrows. They are not stricken like others. So they wear their pride like a necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. Their hearts overflow with malice. Their minds seethe with, flop, with plots. They scoff, they speak with malice. From on high they plan oppression. They have set their mouths in the heavens and their tongues dictate to the earth. So the people turn to follow them and drink in all their words. They say, how can God know? Does the, the Most High take any notice? Look at them, such are the wicked, but untroubled they grow in wealth. How good is the God of Israel to the pure of heart. Their laughter will turn to weeping, their merriment to grief. How useless to keep my heart pure and wash my hands in innocence when I was stricken all day long, suffered punishment day after day. Then I said, if I should speak like that, I should abandon the faith of your people. I strove to fathom this problem, too hard for my mind to understand, until I pierced the mysteries of God and understood what becomes of the wicked. How slippery the paths on which you set them. You make them slide to destruction. How suddenly they come to their ruin, wiped out, destroyed by terrors. Like a dream one wakes from, O oh Lord. When you wake, you dismiss them as phantoms. Their laughter will turn to weeping, their merriment to grief. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. And so when my heart grew embittered and when I was cut to the quick, 
I was stupid and did not understand, no better than a beast in your sight. Yet I was always in your presence. You were holding me by my right hand. You will guide me by your counsel, and so you will lead me to glory. What else have I in heaven but you? Apart from you, I want nothing on earth. My body and my heart faint for joy. God is my possession forever. All those who abandon you shall perish. You will destroy all those who are faithful. To be near God is my happiness. I have made the Lord God my refuge. I will tell of all your works at the gates of the city of Zion. It is good to be with you, Father. In you is fullness of life for your faithful people. In you all hope resides. May you lead us to everlasting happiness. Those who depart from you will perish. My joy is to remain with you, my God. To savor your words is my delight, O Lord. Honey itself is not sweeter. from the first book of Samuel. When David returned from slaying the Philistine, Abner took him and presented him to Saul. David was still holding the Philistine's head. Saul then asked him, Whose son are you, young man? David replied, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of, Beth of Bethlehem. By the time David finished speaking with Saul, Jonathan had become as fond of David as if his life depended on him. He loved him as he loved himself. Saul laid claim to David that day and did not allow him to return to his father's house. As Jonathan entered into a bond with David because he loved him as himself, Jonathan divested himself of the mantle he was wearing and gave it to David, along with his military dress and his sword, his bow, and his belt. David then carried out successfully every mission on which Saul sent him. So Saul put him in charge of his soldiers, and this was agreeable to the whole army, even to Saul's own officers. At the approach of Saul and David, on David's return after slaying the Philistine, women came out from each of the cities of Israel to meet King Saul, singing and dancing with tambourines, joyful songs, and sistrums. The women played and sang, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Saul was very angry and resentful of the song, but he thought they give, for he thought they give David ten thousands, but only thousands to me. All that remains for him is the kingship. And from that day on, Saul was jealous of David. Now Saul's daughter, Michal, loved David, and it was reported to Saul, who was pleased at this, for he thought, I will offer her to him to become a snare for him, 
so that the Philistines may strike him. Thus, for the second time, Saul said to David, You shall become my son-in-law today. Saul then offered his servants to speak to David privately and to say, The king is fond of you, and all his officers love you. You should become the king's son-in-law. But when Saul's servants mentioned this to David, he said, Do you think it is easy to become the king's son-in-law? I am poor and insignificant. When his servants reported to him the nature of Saul's answer, Saul commanded him, commanded them to say this to David, The king desires no other price for the bride than the foreskins of one hundred Philistines, that he may thus take vengeance on his enemies. Saul intended in this way to bring about David's death through the Philistines. When the servants reported this offer to David, he was pleased with the prospect of becoming the king's son-in-law. Before the year was up, David made preparations and sallied forth with his men and slew 200 Philistines. He brought back their foreskins and counted them out before the king that he might thus become the king's son-in-law. So Saul gave him his daughter Mishal in, men in marriage. Saul thus came to recognize that the Lord was with David. Besides, his own daughter Michal loved David. Therefore Saul feared David all the more and was his enemy after. The Philistine chiefs continued to make forays, but each time they took the field, David was more successful against them than any other of Saul's officers, and as a result, acquired great fame. Have pity on me, O God, for men trample upon me all day long. They, persec they persecute me with their constant attacks. I place my trust in you, for you have rescued my soul from death and you have kept my feet from stumbling. I place my trust in you. From a treatise on Christian perfection by St. Gregory of Nyssa, Bishop. The life of the Christian has three distinguishing aspects, deeds, word, and thought. Thought comes first than words, since our words express openly the interior conclusions of the mind. Finally, after thoughts and words come, comes action, for our deeds carry out what the mind is conceived. So, when one of these results in our acting, or speaking, or thinking, we must make sure that all our thoughts, words, and deeds are controlled by the divine ideal, the revelation of Christ. For then our thoughts, words, and deeds will not, fall, will not fall short of the nobility of their implications. What then must we do, we who have been found worthy of the name of Christ? Each of us must examine his thoughts, words, and deeds to see whether they are directed toward Christ or are turned away from him. This examination is carried out in various ways. Our deeds, or our thoughts, or our words are not in harmony with Christ if they issue from passion. They then bear the mark of the enemy who smears the pearl of the heart with the slime of passion, dimming and even destroying the luster of the precious stone. On the other hand, if they are free from and untainted by every passionate inclination, 
they are directed toward Christ, the author and source of peace. He is like a pure, untainted stream. If you draw from him the thoughts in your mind and the inclinations of your heart, you will show a likeness to Christ, your source and origin, as the gleaming water in a jar resembles the flowing water from which it was obtained. For the purity of Christ and the purity that is manifest in our hearts are identical. Christ's purity, however, is the fountainhead. Ours has its source in him and flows out of him. Our life is stamped with the beauty of his thought. The inner and the outer man are harmonized in a kind of music. The mind of Christ is the controlling influence that inspires us to moderation and goodness in our behavior. As I see it, Christian perfection consists in this, sharing the titles which express the meaning of Christ's name. We bring out this meaning in our minds, our prayers, and our way of life. Whatever you do in word and deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. None of us lives just for himself, and none of us dies for himself alone. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Father, guide and protector of your people, grant us an unfailing respect for your name and keep us always in your love. Grant this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen.